Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. Wake up in the morning when it's right, it's right. <laughs> Cold dark night. Wait, <laughs> I'll stop there. No, that's perfect. Thanks, Josh. Honestly, thanks. Was it? I couldn't. No, it's all good, it. man. Thank you. Uh, remind me again where you are in the world. Yeah, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. All right. So you're not yeah. too far from us. We're in Toronto, in the Toronto area. Okay. Um, I want to thank you so much for jumping on board and just uh, coming on the show. I've got a lot of interesting questions to ask you. I love what you built and what you're doing and, and the work that you're doing. So I'm excited about having this conversation. So really well, I appreciate, appreciate the appreciate opportunity. It. Thanks, man. Uh, so obviously we're doing a Zoom call and sometimes there's a little bit of a lag. And uh, so I try to give as much space as possible for anybody who's speaking. So we just get all the information out there. But I just want to let everyone know we're talking to Josh Allen here. Josh Allen underscore builds on IG and you can reach him at josh.a.allen513 at gmail.com and uh, you've been going for full force on IG I guess for the last year or so uh, so it started back in 2020 okay. uh, during COVID we we were working on our house we've been working on our mid-century modern since we moved here in 17 um, and did, didn't really have the opportunity to have people over cause the whole world shut down yeah. and, uh, started sharing on Instagram and all of a sudden we started building our shed and it just took off. So I just kind of kept going from there and I took a break honestly in 2021, which I shouldn't have, but I did. And then restarted back in 2022 and it's gone from zero to almost 90,000 followers yeah. in that time. I love it. It's amazing. Uh, let me do a quick shout out to the boys at Sustainment Construction, the tee that I'm wearing today. Thanks so much for the tee. And uh, check out the TCL link tree for many great and exclusive offers from Black Ladder, Box Gobbler, Bunky Life, Zepp's Gear, and Mud Mixer. And many more offers being added to the tree each week. And don't forget to check out our own TCL shop where you can get official TCL tees, hoodies, caps, espresso cups, and more. It's great being a TCL listener. Hey guys, the building show is coming up in Toronto, November 29th to December 1st. Do you want to go for free? Use the promo code TCL Expo and you'll get a free pass to go to the show. See you guys there. I'll be there. Find serious equipment and serious buyers at the National Heavy Equipment Show taking place April 11th and 12th at the International Center. Be part of Canada's largest heavy equipment show with a massive display of equipment and services. Put yourself in front of thousands of professionals from the nation's biggest industries such as road building, infrastructure, landscaping, snow removal, and beyond. Bring along interactive demos or take part in the gravel pit, a whole building full of aggregate, crushing, and screening equipment. The National Heavy Equipment Show, April 11th and 12th. Contact a member of the show team today to reserve your spot. Find it on Facebook or online at the nhes.ca for details. And now it's back to you, Josh. I just want to, yeah, so starting about the shed, let's talk about the shed because I do, I want to first ask you, where I, where are the ideas coming from? Honestly, it's my wife and I, uh, we, we bought this house when we bought it. It literally, it was a rental here. It was the last rental on the street, had dead mice on the floor. It was destroyed. Um, but it was what we could afford at the time. And we just started going from there. And, um, we just, my, we just dream, we've been dreaming about what we want to do to this place. We've probably done too much. Um, but the ideas come from her and I, going through, we live our life outside. So we did the outside first. Um, and then everything, as far as the kitchen, the bedrooms, everything like that, it's just been her and I going through it and getting inspired from other things that we see online. 
Uh, Instagram has a lot to do with it. Yep. And it's just been, that's where it all pretty much comes from. Megan's got the eyes from a designer standpoint and I am the hands that <laughs> keep everything <laughs> just rolling. Keep on doing it there. And then yeah, there's, there's also exactly. a third person that gets involved every so often. No. Yeah, that's Dan. That's my father-in-law. Yeah, man, yeah. he's amazing. So he's been doing high-end remodeling up in Toledo for almost probably fifty years. He's been doing it forever. His dad did that before then. Um, so it's just been honestly that he's what got me really into it. I started out in marketing out in out of college, and then I started working with that with Dan. Started working with my hands here at the house. Uh, took marketing. For a home builder, then told them, hey, I really want to get in the day-to-day, went into operations management, and then now I switched into a project management role, which is even more hands-on. So it's been, uh, I'm just diving in professionally and uh, on my own time. <laughs> I, I, I love that you guys are diving in. It's almost like a fresh pair of eyes. You guys are diving in, yeah. not necessarily as clients, not necessarily as contractors. You're just diving in, I, I, I would think, emotionally. You're just looking at whatever the task is involved. You guys look at it like, how would we really want to do this? And that's what I like about the shed. I mean, you come up with a shed and everyone thinks about a shed. It's a box, but yours mm-hmm. is not a box. And that's what I love. And I, I, I like little things like little details, like your rafter tail sticking out. That made so much sense to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So, so I like those. I think that you're being driven by emotion instead of oh, by... Yeah by the, what's normally what's done, what other clients or what other GCs or whatever everybody else is doing. You're actually trying to figure it out. Do you want to share what year is the house built? Uh, the house was built in 56. Okay, so it's got some, uh, and what was the last time it was renovated, you think? Uh, it's been renovated. I have found some jewels in this house. No doubt, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, and... I mean, we've, uh, there's been a lot of things that we've had to correct having Dan there to help guide us through in the beginning. I started with essentially zero experience and I told myself, well, if I'm going to really grow into this professionally, I need to do this personally for a while and, and get that done on my end so that I can figure out the right way. And that's why I started my page is because I, I watch guys like Matt Bangs Wood, uh, Rising or Build, all, all these guys who are just absolute experts in what they do. But I always felt like, okay, I can understand this because I have a lot of really good resources that I can ask questions to if I have questions, but a lot of people don't have that. So where I thought I could make a, a path is trying to bridge that gap between professionals and DIYers. So that just kind of became my goal because I can dumb it down to, to layman's terms because that's what I needed. And now I'm kind of finding myself getting more and more into the professional realm of it. And I just still love when I, I sold a job at my new um, new company here in Cincinnati on Friday. And I just feel like I can explain it to them a lot more. And I can, I can put it in terms that they understand and provide comfort. So it's benefited me greatly. Does Dan get in on the building portion of it and start kind of giving you a little bit of a history lesson on some of the details? Oh, every time. He's old school, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I think. My my favorite story that I tell all the time with Dan is we were putting in our our microwave oven built-in unit, and it's just he and I, and that thing's at least like 400 pounds. And we're, we're going up on Jenga blocks. We, we have six by six seaters under us. And I, we paused right before we're about to tilt it in there. And I looked at him. I was like, Dan, are, are we going to be able to do this? Do you think this is going to work? And he just looks at me dead face. And he's like, Josh, 
what other choice do you have? Like, <laughs> like just gonna let it sit here? You just gonna stop now? <laughs> so like we're in the thick I'm of down, it, man. It's getting done, yeah, regardless well, how you look at it. It's getting done. <laughs> yeah, it's just pure. Uh, you go for it, and that's honestly been that mindset shift for me. I've just taken that and ran with it with everything that I do and with building. I've had a lot of passions in my life, and it started with music. I went full bore into that, realized that needed to be my love in life, and then really just found that professionally, I can read about home building and construction, I can listen to it and podcast, and I just don't get bored with it because there's always something to learn. There's always something you can get better at. So that's really what I've just fallen in love with. Are you concerned that, Josh, you might lose the love for it? Because I, I know that it's your house and you guys are getting started and you're you're starting with a fresh pair of eyes and you're yeah. looking at the possibilities instead of the business part of it. But when it starts becoming a full-blown business and clients and dealing with ups and downs and changes and all kinds of stuff, and we love new ideas, but we may not necessarily want to go with that new idea. Are you going to get, you think you're going to get a little nervous about having to deal with that up and down roller coaster of construction? So I was at my previous company for almost six years um, doing in construction, it's all new home building. Um, and that I've been using that as my gauge for, am I going to get bored? Am I going to get burnt out on this? And now it's a, and I've been with this new company, honestly, just a month. So it's just starting out and I'm going from office to field and every day it just increases. So it might happen someday, but I can't worry about that. I, I love it. I'm enjoying it. There's something to learn every single day. It's been drinking from a fire hose the entire time, which for a person like me, that's what gets me going. Like that's what it forces you to be innovative, be creative, find the solution. It's a that's it's problem solving at its finest, which is what I've learned is really what that's the fun in it for me is it's the problem solving aspect of it. So I don't from the point of other things that I've had in my life, I found out that music needed to be rather than the profession. Because out of high school, I went to Berkeley College of Music for professional guitar and for a music business. Quickly found out that that needed to not be the profession I chose. <laughs> so, and I just knew Im almost immediately that that was the case because the lifestyle, everything, it was just something this is not going to be sustainable for me. And that's why I just feel like this is not going to be that way for me at all. You still have a love for music, though. No? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, everybody. Right? everybody on job sites and everybody was like, dude, your music taste, I don't understand it. It changes daily. One day it's Pantera. The next day it's folk music and nobody gets it. I don't get it, but it's just all there's, there's the a whole history of music out there that a lot of kids nowadays don't even realize that there's music. Yeah. Out there, right? Yeah. I grew up. I even picked up a guitar because my brother got this record player. He's this old tube speaker record player from the seventies. And my dad just wow. whipped out all of his records and he had this Leonard Skinner golden platinum album that opens out, has the big sketch of it. And he put on Freebird, and it's so cliche, but I was like fifth grade. And I was like, oh, dude, I've got to figure this out. I've got to do it. So that was. You're connecting was, and you have no idea why you're connecting with those, that, that beat. That's yeah. Uh, it just, yeah. it was, I loved it. And I was, I went to a small enough high school where I was able to play all the sports I wanted to play. I could go play music. I could do musicals. I just was always into so many things where that's, that's always been my entire life. I know that you're also doing a lot of furniture pieces as well, too. Is that going to yeah. expand as well? Like, are you going like, yeah, to create I, a line? Yeah. So for a lot of the furniture pieces have come to fruition because 
with Megan and I, I'm, it's kind of a thing, a piece that I'm building into because the things that I've enjoyed building the most in our house are the cabinets, the built-ins, everything like that, where it's, it's just a finer, it's not rough framing. So it, you're really getting into the nitty gritty of it. Uh, the furniture piece of it, I think what I, I, I lack space. So that's one concern that I have to be able to do some really big pieces. So what I've started to do is I'm going to build the pieces that because this is a pure mid-century modern house designed through and through um, that fit our house because that's also the time period that we love. Figure it out on our pieces, just kind of like I'm doing with our house. Figure it out and making sure that I'm building quality things that will stand the test of time. Yeah, uh, And then if I feel that those are good designs, then yeah, I would be taking orders through Instagram. There's an easy shop that you can create through there. And just with the people that I know here, having the, the real estate agents and the people I have exposure to, people are like, hey, do you think you can build me this? And it's right now, it's like, I don't have the time really because I'm doing everything else. But when that when this house is done, I'm going to have to find something else to do. <laughs> so that's what I think could be a nice thing to expand into. Well, let's talk a little bit about family life because it's funny how um, most people in business, it's it's the shoemaker's curse, right? It's they, they build all these beautiful details in other people's homes, but they never tackle their own home. But you're tackling your yeah. own home. But now it's it must be taking a slight toll on the family as well, especially with a new baby. And then all of a sudden, like, how is that dynamic? How is that going? Because I'm, I, I'm assuming you're going room by room. You're not doing the entire space all at one time, right? Yeah, so we don't have so we don't have kids at this point in our marriage. So that's coming up here soon at some point. Yeah. Uh, but we've both I, I went room by room in this house. And that's a major reason why we waited <laughs> to have children. <laughs> it is when I took all the ceilings down and had the beam in here, I didn't even want to be here. Like it, we lived here the entire time. We had our mattress in the front. It's just been, you can imagine. Uh, it's been, but for me, I'm very lucky. My wife grew up a remodeler's daughter. So she's very she used to having it. an incomplete yeah. house. She gets it. She can, her and I, the day we moved in, we don't see it as it is. We'd have people over and it was like, oh, wow, this feels like we're camping. I'm like, yo, I guess it kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> it doesn't even really phase us. Um, but now all that's left inside of our house is just trim. Uh, the kitchen's done. Everything's pretty much wrapping up. So at this point, uh, now it's all fun stuff. I get we have a small retaining wall I need to build. We just I partnered with Toya Grid on this pergola that we just built. And then I put a roof on that next spring. Um, these are the things that are just fun. I enjoy. It's great. Let's, let's so talk I, a little bit of, um, why was there so much, I, I wouldn't say so much, but there was a little bit of hate for the fireplace cladding. Like I, I, <laughs> li, 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 I'm, I'm a Mason guy. I love stone, yeah. but what, oh, yeah, but what you did with that fireplace made a thousand percent sense. You know what I mean? Like it, that, that yeah. angel stone or whatever stone it was, I don't know what type it was, but that was dated. It was done. And, and I was so happy that you weren't painting the stone that you actually came yeah. up with something that I felt was a thousand times better and smarter. Yeah. And now that fireplace, I totally think that you wouldn't think there's that stone fireplace behind it. You know what I you mean? Would. You would. Yeah. You and I left a window new. there that somebody would know that it is and yeah. the last thing I wanted to do. It's Indiana limestone, which is everywhere here. Yeah. And it being a rental, that fireplace is just, it's a behemoth. Yeah. And it, when we first moved in, it was a natural fireplace, natural log. And the way that the flu, uh, it has four separate vents that the box was so big and it's double-sided and the chimney wasn't really tall enough to draw. It would just bellow out the sides. 
So there were just smoke stains everywhere. It stones were cracking out. It had been damaged. And I'm just like, when I'm done with this house and we're done with the front of this house, I'm going to look at this and still be like, man, this, it doesn't really feel how we wanted to. I didn't have the heart to paint it. And honestly, that was Megan's idea. She was like, Hey man, you're, you're changing this fireplace. We're going to do this. And I, I fought it. <laughs> I really did. And then after it was over, I mean, now it's the centerpiece of our house and I wanted to make it as easily if somebody doesn't want it, they can take it out and they can do, they can make the stone nice and make it the way they want it to. But for us, I just, I wanted to keep, I didn't want to deface it. I wanted to preserve it. It's there. And I did a lot of research. I did all the metal framing yep. within the yep. needed firebox. I did all concrete board that wrapped and returned. I'd used thin set. So everything is completely, it's, it's everything safe. is to code. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. It's everything's safe and it works and it actually looks beautiful. It's, it's nice to yeah. see what type of wood did you use there again? It wasn't walnut. No. No, the whole mantle is walnut. So okay, yeah, I, right. we have this place here in Indiana, um, uh, uh, that we get all of our hardwoods, like our oak, our walnut, they just have so much of it out there. So I made that two by four ledger all the way around it. And I just made a wrapped miter three-sided mantle out of uh, out of walnut and then used Rubio Mono coat with my buddy Tyler. He turned me on to that. I had never used it before and it totally changed everything I do. Fine woodworking, my goodness, that stuff is amazing. And you can come back in too, whereas if you use like a poly, if you, if you have issues there, you're sanding it, you're refinishing it, yeah. and it's it's just tough to redo that. So, yeah, I use – it's all walnut. I use drywall in the areas that were not within the firebox range. And then on all of the one-by-twos, I just used one-by-two pine. It was the uh, grade A. doesn't have any knots or anything in there and just did those as battens going up it to create the slat wall. Have you have you cracked – you cracked it on, haven't you, already? It's cold enough to Oh, man. It. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah we, we had it on. I was nervous, like, because it does, since it is such a big firebox, we had a, it switched over to gas yeah. uh, about, probably two or three years ago. I was a little bit nervous of heat rolling up the sides and maybe making that miter joint expand a little bit. I've had it on full bore a couple nights. Doesn't even, there's no heat that nothing, even touches it. So it's, it's all going upward. So it's been great. So we, we love it. It has set off the house. Megan's putting decorations on it now. That's, that's <laughs> what we're excited about. Like we've been having an active construction site. We're like, we haven't even put a Christmas tree up in three years. What not, are we doing? So not, now it's the yeah. point where we can start living in our house. It's time to make it a home now. Start sharing it as part yeah. little details mm -hmm. as a home. That's what, I mean, she can make a home at a campsite, man. <laughs> like that's what's, that's one of her gifts. So it's, it's been great. There's all kinds of like little things. I was impressed with your trivet. Like, I just don't like, how did you come up with that? Like, where did that kind of idea just sparked out of you? I didn't come up with that. So okay. there is a, so West Elm, uh, and that's why I'm not selling them or selling them or anything. I just wanted <laughs> to make it for myself. Yeah. West Elm has this walnut trivet. It's gorgeous. I don't know if I ever want to take the time to make those because they are tedious and I know that they I'm going to go check out West Elms, but I'm pretty sure that yours is better. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man, <laughs> but it's, uh, they're cool. I just, I did it because I had, I can't burn hardwoods. So I'm like, what am I going to do with, with all these, all these scraps? Little pieces. Cause I had yeah. all these little pieces. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to make more of these trivets. And the ones at West Elm were like $45 a trivet. And I have all this one that's sitting here. So I was like, well, let's make a Saturday of it. So I just started making those. And the first one took way longer than I needed to. But after Always that, I was does. able to 
Yeah. <laughs> Always does. Second one takes half as long. Third one is probably a quarter. And then all of a sudden you're into assembly line at that point. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I don't, exactly. well, I don't know if they'll pick on you, but it's just, it was, it's a nice idea. Then it's, um, it's just, as, you're right. I, I don't like throwing out wood as well too. It's hard for me to just, you always want to save it. And then before you know it, you got a shed full of extra pieces that you might get to one day. Exactly. Exactly. So that was just a good use to be able to have. And we just had it on our, on our house and we love it. I, I love all the little things like the condenser screen. I love that you're oh, yeah. looking at fences and you're not leaving it a certain color. You're painting it black. You're understanding like you're, you're getting the sense of the environment, not so much as just the actual the scope of what you need to do you're looking yep. at the environment i've been telling people for years fences should be black i just yeah. don't like if you want to make your backyard feel bigger paint your fence mm -hmm. black stain it black make it yep. black treat it as a dark tone because you will not see the end of your property you will actually just see a void and it'll feel larger yep. it's just <clears throat> like you're you're i love that you guys are tackling it that way by the environment and not by the scope this podcast episode has been sponsored by class and bronze limited Authorized Canadian and U.S. wholesale distributor of Pagan heavy-duty, high-performance tile leveling systems and installation tools. Choosing to buy outstanding and beautiful tiles also requires buying an exceptional tile leveling system. For hassle-free installation and an exceptional leveled finish, choose Pagan. Imitate it, never duplicate it. Available at Amazon, select ProSol stores, and purchased at www.tilelevelingsystems.shop. You can also find Pagan on social at Tile Leveling Systems and their website, www.pagrin.com. Yeah, and that's probably a reason why it's taken so long because we, Megan and I, this is what we talk about. This is why we, like, it's why we're so close too because the whole black fence, we, we uh, trying to think where we found it. It's a Benjamin Moore oil stain. It's yeah. deep penetrating. The fence was in, so I power washed it and it totally brought it back to life and we have the blessing of looking at everybody else's backyards past it so we just did like a kentucky horse fence back there and it's just it's beautiful that's why we spend all of our time back there so and i've been trying to with the pergola that we have with toya grid mixing cedar and black is just a classic look um i absolutely love it to be able to mix those two elements and, and it fits the mid-century house really well too how do you like the uh, the Toya Grid? How do you like the Toya products? Oh my gosh, man! They're, they're I, great, huh? It's been a blessing. I re I it's one of those things with my Instagram page. I I've always wanted to toe the line. Is like, look, if I'm in a partner, it's going to be something that I've always wanted already, and it's going to be a product I've I, we've already been dreaming about doing, rather than just pushing content because then it loses its authenticity. So this Toya Grid, we've been looking at this for four years. And honestly, Megan and I were like, I don't know if we're ever going to really get to it. It's it's a little expensive. It's not. So I reached out to them. It's like, hey, we've been wanting to do this for years now. Uh, any interest in doing it? And they're like, yeah, we'll send you the entire kit. You just have the wood. And it went from a dream to reality in two days. So it's just been, it's crazy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they're also structurally sound, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. that thing is. It was, uh, we, I used, so I went from going to use cedar. It was going to be like four grand for all the cedar. And then I found this, uh, wood at Menards that is a, uh, it's called cedar tone where it's treated wood, but it's, it's toned with, it's like a pressure treated stain treat Okay. and it lightens up over six months. So it was a little swollen. So I had to route out some of it to be able to fit in there, but that structure 
I mean, itself, you can go to one corner. It doesn't rack at all. It's, and I'm going to throw a roof on it too. So that's even going to make it even more. It, it doesn't move. I absolutely love it. That stuff was so easy to use. Don't you get frustrated sometimes when you had these ideas, like you just mentioned four years ago, I've had ideas for like over a decade and I'm almost yeah. waiting for the, the companies or someone to come up with the product. So then you can actually start implementing these ideas. But it's interesting yeah. how Toya came out of the market and all of a sudden Simpson strong tie started creating their own line as well too. Yeah. And now they're doing that torque kind of thing where it looks the same. It's, it's still structural, but now everybody's asking for it. And I was like saying five, six years ago, I was saying, why, why can't, these hangers or these connection points become this way. I don't understand why they can't be black. And I was, I was powder coating, painting. I was doing little things because I just, it made sense to go with the color cedar. And even when cedar ages and it goes that silver kind of patina, it's beautiful. And it even more beautiful with the black. That's what I love about exactly. it. Yeah. And it's, and if it goes too far, you can always bring it back. Like yeah. that's the other thing too. Yeah. And then, from Instagram, there's this guy I follow, Dayton uh, Dayton Hardwood Flooring. Yeah, he's just all he does is hardwood floors, and he did his back deck, and he found this uh, Novo Coat USA stain, and it's a tongue oil product, and I use that on our fence because I was every year I was putting a clear coat on that cedar, and it was turning on me. Use that. Oh my gosh, like it's just things like that where I've only found those things because of social media. Ian's, yeah, Ian's a solid guy. He's got. Uh, yeah. It was a blast speaking with him and getting him on the show and and to, yeah. and just talking. He's a traditionalist. He's he's more like like all a lot of us. How we just look at how things were done and we're just slightly modifying them to update them. And I just wish that a lot of the companies would, I guess, shift gears and come along for the ride instead of trying to come up with I guess simpler products for that for our like a lack of a better word i think that they should take more risks and try new ideas and and yeah. listen listen to a lot of what people are emotionally building you know what i mean yeah. and then you would start to see a, a, a whole line i can only imagine where toyo is going to take their products next what's going to oh happen for next year right I'm, I'm looking at their furniture like their 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 furniture kits because you go and you look at outdoor furniture you go look at polywood you're spending 10 grand for a yeah. set it's beautiful and it's going to last you forever, but I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's, that's really, like it's just crazy. So you can go buy their bracket kit. Um, and again, you just provide the wood and you can buy the, 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 uh, C covers that match it. It's just stuff like that, where it's not only does it look amazing, but it's making it accessible to people. Like that's, that's the biggest thing where I feel like companies like that, like Toya Grid, they're allowing, they're bringing that down and giving uh, giving people the ability if they don't have the ability to go make it themselves without those brackets, now you can because you're literally just buying wood at that point. It's, it's pretty cool. Josh, I wanted to ask you, like, what's, because I build the same way as you. Like, I started my career by basically taking around my own place and trying to figure out what yeah. would work. So it was more of a function and passion driven idea where let me try this. I was always fascinated by the space inside the wall. I was like, okay, yep. two by four wall, that's three and a half inches. That's a world of space in my opinion. Why can't I yep. go into that wall? So you reframe it, you treat it like a door opening, a window opening, whatever, whether it's a low bearing wall or what have you. And, and I'm just trying to figure out is like, what prevents clients from doing this? Is it just a fear of like, we're not sure, so we don't even want to entertain it. We don't even want to have a conversation. But why not hire a professional and then get their opinion about it and say, listen, 
we can do this. Like they do that now, Josh, with low bearing walls. They do that with yeah. open concepts. Like that probably took a little chunk of time, you know, in, in people's history home building section to commit mm-hmm. to that. But now I think you go into every single home or project, the first thing they say is this wall's gone. This wall's gone. This wall's gone. It, but it wasn't the day that it was like that. There was a lot of separation of rooms for a long period of time. And I, I wish that clients would take more risks. I think coming from somebody who was looking at this house without a lot of knowledge, fear is probably and un, and fear of the unknown and fear in general and not even knowing how it could work because you can't put it together in your mind is probably the biggest reason why. You, you, you stand in the space that you have, and it's hard for a lot of people to be able to open that up in their mind. So that's why I've, I would being in new construction for years, and then now jumping into the remodeling world. That's what's so fun to me, because you can walk into somebody's house, and they'll give you the idea of what they're thinking is going to be the best plan. And you can throw something out there and be like, hey, that's a great idea. But this is also possible. Like if you wanted to do this, we could also, this doesn't need to be two separate bathrooms. This could be one really beautiful bathroom because all your kids already moved out of this house type of deal. So it's being able to go through that and provide some comfort. I, to me, that's, I, that's another reason I love this because I feel like I can have that conversation because I was there before completely. Yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with you on that. And that's part of our job as being professionals in this industry where we have to have that communication as long as we express ourselves and we tell them that, listen, these, these are possibilities, but we understand that you might be reserved at that point. But getting into the business, if you're new, just understand that there will be a lot of setbacks in that way where clients may not be on the same page as you. And then you might feel a little distraught by it. And then it's like, don't take it because I guarantee you, if you keep pushing at it, you'll find a client eventually one day that will want to do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, when we were building new houses, you go into it and you have this beautiful open floor plan. And all of a sudden that, that client goes into selections and it's like, <laughs> I don't even like this is it's your home, you know? And that's, that's just comes with the nature of this industry is it, it's not about you as the professional opinion really at all. It's this, this is this person's home. You can try to guide them, but really your goal, your job in that role is to be the driver on the tour and we can make all the pit stops you want to take, but we're going to get to the project in the end. And that's why I'm here. One of my, um, one of my favorite architects of all time and designer is Frank Lloyd Wright and falling water was a huge inspiration for me when I was studying in high school. And I was just fascinated. The first thing I, I, I was fascinated about that particular structure was all the integration. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a person designing a home and not only just designing the, a home over a riverbed. It was designing yep. a home, but he was also designing the furnishings and the way things were all laid out and integrated in. And that's why I bring up that argument about talking to clients how, sure, there's a lot of furniture pieces out there, products out there that you can go to, like places like West Elm and you know, other kinds of places that have all these pieces. But there's also opportunity. Like, I mean, I love your barn doors that you did for two different openings that basically go to the center. You have a choice of either going right or left. And that's integration into construction. That's integration into design. I love all that stuff. I would love to see more of that kind of stuff. And I just don't, I, I look at it like, why can't clients ask for that or listen to that? Or do they just think it's a huge dollar sign? But you can correct us if we're wrong. Was it extremely expensive to come up with that barn door idea and do that kind of opening instead of putting traditional two doors? No, it wasn't. That, that, that's what so I mean. Funny. 
Yeah, literally, I that that, ball, that shed. If I would have had somebody come out and build that for me, it would have been a fortune. And I, I was able to get everything. It was right before all of the wood spikes like crazy before in, during COVID. Yeah. And I, I'm very blessed that I didn't do it later on in that period. But I mean, for us, Megan and I sat down. It was like, hey, here's the door designs that I'm thinking about. And she, we we were looking. We saw the British brace doors. We saw everything. We were like, no, that's not really going to fit. That's, that's a pretty classic look. Um, we need to find something that's just, we have all these battens on here. Everything's horizontal or sorry, vertical. We need to stay either perpendicular or parallel to that. So that was really what drove it. And we just started coming up with it. And I had extra hardy board because all the black frame around it is just hardy. So all it is is a piece of BCX plywood. I oil, uh, oil primed all six sides of it, uh, hardy on top of it and it took a Saturday and then a Sunday to paint. It was, and there was really no additional cost to it whatsoever at all. It makes so much sense, man. It totally makes so much sense. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, I mean, I'm blessed that I'm married to somebody who has that same, if not better vision for stuff like that. But for us, it's like, that's why I enjoy it because it's custom. It's ours. We came up with that. And we, cause that, that shed plan itself, I looked at, at the, the the structural framing portion of it is from LP. They have free shed plants. So the plant itself was free. And I looked at that and I'm like, all right, well, how can I make this ours? So then that's really where we went from it. See here, you're, you're making it yours. But the thing is, mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's still sellable. Because I've always had this argument on the show where we're talking about clients will always choose what is the for sale sign proper yeah. you know what i mean they're always concerned i'm not going to stay here this isn't the fair forever home so we have to consider about resale value but the thing is you're creating all these custom little details and i could totally see a, a big chunk of the market wanting these ideas in their homes because yeah. they just like you said they if they were to hire somebody to do it then it's going to be really expensive 100 percent. and that's we've had so many people the biggest thing is like guys this is not your forever home why are you doing all of this what like, what are you doing and it they don't get it and that's okay because honestly they're they're right in some ways but i'm doing the work myself they're wrong i'm sorry but they're wrong. Money, <laughs> it's elbow grease and i'm and we have a vision and that's what matters to us and we're building something that we love we're here every day we're not big vacationers we love to be at home we'll go to the lake and that's about it we want to make our home an expression of us and that's all that's really the center of all of it any ideas josh that didn't work that once you finished it and you both looked at each other and you're like, mm, we could do better. The <laughs> I'm trying to think um, I did have one idea when I was taking out the beam or the, the main wall between our kitchen and living space. And we ran new structural LVLs for it. We have this ceiling that comes down and it's, it's pretty low. It's maybe seven feet. And I was going to open that up too. And it's just a cluster of all of our HVAC. I was like, oh, it could be cool. I could expose all the HVAC returns, make it look kind of industrial. And then I start demoing the kitchen and it's all uh, rock, rock, like the hard rock plaster concrete yeah. walls. And uh, then all the inside corners are the steel mesh. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I want to do that at all. Yeah. <laughs> that was, there's been things like that where we've pivoted. Um, but as far as something that we've done that we've, I, yeah, here's one. So in the very first bedroom that we did, uh, I was like, Hey, Megan, we're going to keep all the same window trim. I don't really want to get into all of that. And it's actually the trim that's right here 
behind me. Yep. Uh, I don't want to get in any of that. I don't want to rebuild it. it. It's, I think it's fine. So I spent a weekend sanding it, getting it to, cause it's been painted a million times. Cause it was a rental, never looked nice. And we came back in here and we redid this room. We, we've done this room that I'm sitting in twice. And I read it all the windows, read it all the trim. And then we go in there. It's like, Oh yeah, this, that was a mistake. I should not have, we, we needed to redo all the window trim in this house because it just cleaned up everything we made. Actually, it just made it look honestly like a new room. It was crisp, clean, new. So that was, it's, it's typically Megan saying that, Hey, this needs to happen. I kind of fight it because I don't want to go back into a project a little bit no <laughs> i know it turns out being 100 right <laughs> no but that's how you learn right and not everything's yeah. gonna be perfect but i really wanted to ask you josh is um as you guys are getting close to the end have you already started talking about what's next we have yeah so uh as far as this house it the cost of living is extremely low and that's very valuable because interest rates continue to rise and yep. the cost to build is continuing to rise um, so honestly, we could stay here for probably three to five years and easily have a kid here because we've made it the way that we have. Um, for the future, it's it's difficult because her entire family is up in Toledo. My family's here in Cincinnati. We both met in my at my university and have been living here since. Um, the biggest thing next is the reason I went into remodeling is because after working with Dan. I'm thinking, man, this could be something as far as a dream goes, that this could be something that I could see myself doing with either with him or here in Cincinnati. Um, but I took the position that I'm in now because this is the perfect way for me to figure that out without taking a huge jump and a huge risk. And I can learn from professionals and really dive in and make sure that I'm making the right decision and also doing it well if I were to make that choice to make that like my 100% role in what I'm doing with my life too. So as far as what's next, we, Megan and I say it's uh, it's our five-year plan five years ago. We would have never thought that I'd be sitting here on an interview with you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 we don't changed know. so much. Yeah. It changes so much. And with Instagram becoming and social media becoming a lucrative side thing for me, I'm able to use that to continue to support what we're doing. And it honestly frees us up, frees us up to be able to make those decisions. And, uh, and go from there. Well, you got the bug in you already right now. Both of you guys do. So yeah. then you start thinking about, so what's the next personal project we can kind of tackle and then come up with more ideas? Because once you've done this house, then you, you start wondering what else can we do? But then that involves getting out of this property, which you don't want to. You might as well enjoy this property for a while. We are going to. And with the most recent next step for us is we've, our dream is to be on a large property. We, we're not, we love the home and the structure, but we're not the, million dollar or million and a half dollar house people. Uh, it's just not really, we want to have a nice home. It doesn't need to be massive, but really for us to be able to be outside woods, possible Creek, our dream would be able to find a property and find that first. And then honestly build not a temporary structure, but create a kind of a barndo living space that first and then live there and have that build that ourselves and then wait and save up the time we could live there for a while and then take the time to design the house that we would want on that property. And that barn becomes a guest house for my family, her family to be able to stay in. So that's been honestly for us, that's where our big scale dreams are kind of leading for us to be able to go for. But that's going to be a couple of years away. We're still building quite a bit here um, and just taking our time. I mean, not really. We're not really taking our time, but, you know, we're, we're making sure we're taking the steps and thinking it through. 
I, I want to ask you uh, about backyards. And I know coming from us, we're in Toronto and a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, the funny years there, that they were they were conscious of the backyards. They were conscious of deck building and building pergolas and building little oases and stuff like that. But I guess pools were another big thing that were being built. And when I look at, and I'm going back to the beginning of the show when we talked about the shed, I said the shed like your shed that you built and designed has so much potential other than just being a box. And people should start looking at that potential there, right? So it's the same thing with pools. When I look at certain backyards, fine. They're beautiful. They're perfect. They're hardscape, landscape, all kinds of stuff. And you have the pool there. In my mind, it's not the tranquility that I'm looking for in a backyard. And I think what I've yeah. been learning from lately is when I've been having conversations with hardscape or landscaping people in general builders, I start thinking about going into the earth. I start looking at yeah. trying to figure out how can we dig down and have certain seating areas that are either made from wood or made from concrete, but integration into the ground. I think that is more appealing than just putting a pool. I get the pool. I get the pool party and I get the pool birthdays. I get conversation. Sorry. Sorry, I lost you there, Josh. What was that? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Sorry. What was that? You said the what? Kind of like a conversation pit in a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Basically. Outside, outdoors. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's, it's like, do you juggle that thing about, okay, do we put a hole in the ground that's full of the water or do we put a hole in the ground that's going to inspire us and keep us at yeah. peace and kind of like, I started thinking about why not dig that and build that. And there's a lot of interesting people on social media that are coming up with interesting ways that they're forming concrete. And they're creating little yeah. planters. They're making benches. And, and then also you could take certain wood. And as long as it's, it's far enough away from Mother Earth, it will not rot. If you treat it a certain way, yeah. it will last a long time. And that is more appealing to sit down and enjoy a fall afternoon or a fall morning. Have yeah. a tea. Have a coffee. Like that is, I think, like missed opportunities when you just say, give me the pool and give me the stone. And just everybody jumps in and that's it. And I'm like, great. But we're a seasonal place. So, I mean, you guys are in the same boat too. Pools have to get closed eventually, right? I rather have the opportunity to use it for more times of the year where your clearness of mind, you know what I mean? Don't miss it on huge savings. Visit goiguide.com slash shop and use promo code TCL podcast to get deep discounts on an iGuide system. Everyone loves swag and I love giving it away. So if you're listening and you're interested in learning more about iGuide, shoot me an email, rjohnston at planetar.com or a message on LinkedIn and I'll send you free swag just for saying hello. I've got free t-shirts and toques and I can't wait to give them away. I've also got special offers for TCL listeners, so it's worth your time to reach out. Exactly. So no, it's I a, completely agree. Yeah, it's just that's I would love to see more of those guys kind of coming up with those ideas. I've got my own thought processes as well. And then I've also had ideas where I'm tinkering around with sheds. How, where are sheds always parked? They're always parked in the corner yeah. somewhere, right? And then I always started yep. thinking about, well, why does a shed have to be a square box in a corner? A corner is the shape of an L. Mm -hmm. So I just started thinking there's other yep. shapes that you can use in that corner to create a shed. Right. That's all I'm going to hint at. But that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it completely different. Um, I do want to talk about how the idea of the um, the condenser fence, the privacy thing, which was brilliant yeah. because I, as beautiful as any AC company can make their unit look 
like it still looks like an AC unit. So it's like when yeah. I when I look at your condenser screen, I'm like, this is brilliant in my opinion. And you use cedar and then you stained it or you painted you stained it, right? Uh that one was painted. painted. So I, yeah, I used cedar and then I did uh I'm a Zinzer oil based fanatic on anything exterior all six sides and then i used the black paint and it stood up really well for us what so how, how did that so, come, that idea come about uh so really it came about because we were sitting out there i'm like man i hate looking at this <laughs> <laughs> that was the very first thing because i've got the gas meter right next to the door yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm staring at this old condenser and i'm like this i hate this this looks terrible so then I started going online and looking at like, okay, venting screens. And the very first thing that was driving my, I wanted them. I actually talked with uh, one of our HVAC guys that worked, I worked with at my previous job. He was like, Hey, I don't want to limit airflow. I don't, because you can choke out a condenser really quickly. If you limit your airflow and if you put anything on above the, that fan and it's going to burn out your unit, it's going to limit the life of it. So that was the first thing. And I was like, okay, well, knowing that's the case, how can I achieve maximum airflow? Because originally I was going to do boards with a, with a gap between them. Yeah. And I just, that made me nervous. Yeah. So I took that and just louvered it and to open everything up. And then I just took my one by six cedar planks. I was like, well, if I open that up, what's my maximum width I can get so that it's still open as possible, but you can't see beyond it. Yeah. And that's really what drove the, drove it. So then I just started messing with it, created the first louver panel. Megan and I loved it, built it, and it's fully removable. You can lift it out of out of place if you ever need to service, service it, like it. every year. Whoever did the – I need to reroute the um, uh, dryer vent because the dryer vent is right by the condenser, and we have two Australian shepherds. So it just, like, blows that out dog hair all the time sorry josh and it's, uh, it can clog it up so. okay there it is it's better now sorry yeah it was just, it was yeah it was just getting all garbly there well, for a second so i was just find maximum functionality but also make it as look as like it fits with our house sorry josh we're oh there we just lost you okay hang on a sec let's see if we can get him back there we go. Yeah, I'm gonna change locations if that's all right. Okay, yeah, I know it was. Yeah, yeah, it was just getting all garbly there for a second. Now it sounds a lot better. Okay. Okay, and gotcha. you still yeah, and you still look good there. So I guess you're just standing up. And then, no, no, I, I got the gist of it. And the other thing I want to say about the condenser um, screen that you created is that this is something I learned in my first year of construction is that if you have pets, it's gonna prevent yeah. the pet from peeing on your condenser because that's a culprit for destroying the condenser. Yeah, it's. Everything it protects it from the elements, protects it from somebody kicking a soccer ball into yep. it, a dog toy getting hit into it. Anything to prevent keep those fans, those little fins, as perfect as possible is the goal. So, what's the story? Are you a yellow guy? Or are you a red guy? Is it Dewalt or is it Milwaukee? Because it's a mix <laughs> of both. Oh, it is. So I started out, and honestly, ninety-five percent of my tools are all Dewalt. Okay. Um, but I told myself, well, it doesn't really make sense for me to go out and find other tools and then have to in invest in an entirely other battery platform. So for that, the only Milwaukee tools that I have have been sent to me. So that's kind of why I've experimented with them. Um, but I got to say, I think the tool brand, each one has its own perk. Yeah. Like the Milwaukee nailers, I love because they don't have that flywheel. And I think it's crazy how... 
other nailers in a lower market don't have the flywheel. I think DeWalt will probably change that at some point, at least I hope so. But <clears throat> most of my tools are still DeWalt. What's, I'm curious, what's Dan? Dan's a DeWalt dude. Oh, he's a he's DeWalt through guy. and through. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And everybody, <laughs> everywhere I, everyone I work with, they're all DeWalt guys. And it's like, you're so invested in a, in a battery platform too. Cause that drives a lot of it. Cause when you, when a, when a battery is 300 bucks for a larger battery, it's like, well, I don't really want to literally double all of my costs to be able to move over to this tool brand. So I'm loyal to a point, but if there's a tool out there, that's better. If I, it, I, I, I probably invest in it. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's the thing about it is that it's it's a big challenge. I've always said this to all the tool brands. I just said you've got a really big challenge when you've got someone that's invested in one particular brand and asking them to switch oh, yeah. over to another brand just because of the battery applications, right? And and we all know that we can't ever get this this question gets asked me all the time. Why can't we just create a universal battery? And I'm like, the battery is not the problem. The connectivity between the tool yeah. and the battery is the problem. So the connectivity of the actual tool doesn't work with competitors' mm -hmm. batteries. And that's why you can't have a universal battery system. But no trade yep. I know is ever going to drop everything and go to another one. But they will do is they'll exactly. buy. Like I own a Milwaukee stapler. Because I got tired of using a, Stan a Stanley hand stapler, I started using their stapler. Yep. That, that was a, a hard pill to swallow because it was a $400 item and it was 12 volt and get the second battery so it lasts longer. But that tool is yeah. perfect for the purpose of that tool. Did I switch over to all Milwaukee? Hell no, right? But I, I have those two batteries. I'm covered if I need it. When it comes to stapling oh. day, I'm taken care of. It's all good. So I agree with you. It's the same way. It's like all trades have to look at it that way. They got to see what works. But I'm sure that yeah. yourself or even Dan, there's probably moments where you know that another brand's tool will do a much better job doing this instead of the one that you have because of loyalty to that brand, right? So yeah, and I, I think, I think uh, too, I think Milwaukee – like their plumbing trade tools are superior. Yes. 100%. Like you can tell that they take it and even their electrician tools, like, but yes. DeWalt from a carpentry standpoint, I just feel like they're solid. Like there's not really something necessarily wrong with them or they're just solid. And that's why I haven't felt like I need to stray away. If I need a specialty, like if I'm going to go out and buy a large impact, Sorry, jo sorry, Josh. We're we're losing you again. Sorry, man. Uh, we're losing you again. It's just a signal, eh? Sorry, sorry, Josh. Jo so that's where. <laughs> sorry, man. We're losing you. It's all garbled again. Yeah. It's all frozen. Let me get closer here. Oh, there we are. Okay. One second. Now you're back. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna get closer. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to get closer to my router here. No problem, no problem. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally, yeah. It was just getting all garbly there. Sorry, you were just finishing up about the tool. Yeah, I just think that as far as tools go, like what I was saying with Milwaukee and for plumbers and electricians, it seems like they specialize a little bit more. But from a carpentry standpoint, I mean, DeWalt pretty much covers all the bases. Every, like you said, every tool brand has their deal and it's just how it works. And then once you jump on board the system, I, I, I think that a lot of trades just, they commit to it, but they kind of buy an offshoot one or two here or there, but they'll never yep. pull the trigger and completely switch. I haven't met a trade yet that has pulled the trigger and completely switched everything <laughs> and sold it exactly. and moved on. It just doesn't, it's not reality at that point. Right. But then again, it's also 
whatever tool brand that works for you because you still have the actual work to do right so it's just like i i, I was joking the other day i still have a lithium um a battery dr impact driver from bosch right i still yep. have one i and i have why did you get why didn't you get rid of it i was going i don't know i i, I bought it one my first year of construction i'm like it still works it's not as fast there's no way it's as fast it takes longer to charge but i guess it's just has some sentimental value attached to it that's just about it but there's other tools that have just fallen apart and completely and i'm like okay forget it i'll never get one of those that's it so i i wanted to ask you what's what's the favorite what's your favorite word to work with my favorite what wood, wood to work with. yeah uh, i love working with walnut it's expensive <laughs> it, uh, i the, the source i have here it, it it's in brookville indiana wilhelm lumber you can get a fantastic deal on yeah. it and yeah it's been that place is like a honeypot <laughs> they they service everything because like i don't have a giant planner or a, a band or a, a drum sander if i buy my wood there i'll take it back and be able to i used to make router sleds and try to flatten everything myself here they'll do it for like 50 bucks wow so it, and i can i can factor that in if i am going to build a piece for somebody else throw that in there to make sure i'm covering my costs but man they, they are just such a great partner to work with they're selling slabs yeah they sell everything they they actually when i took the tour over at their uh, their mill they have walnut, they have mahogany, all these crazy woods, but they have harp makers that go solely through them. There are like Luther, uh, Luther's, there are people who are making wooden instruments where the, the wood has to be perfect yeah. to be able to do. It. And they have everything slabs. You can buy just normal uh, full size lumber that you have to either plane down and get down to size, but they'll actually do all that for you. If you specify what you need, they'll get it. They'll, they'll even make slabs for you if you're doing a table or something, because I just don't have that space to do like a, eight foot by four foot glue up. I don't have the no, rig or the stuff to really make that successful. Yeah. Was it hard for you, Josh, to get into the whole building envelope side of the construction where you had to start understanding, I guess, transitions and sealing and then terminations, all that kind of stuff. Or was that just a step-by-step -step and reaching out to certain people online and speaking to Dan and others to kind of get a better idea of it? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, the, the funny thing is I always just talk about build, building science. You, you go watch like rising or build and you look at those monopoly framed houses. And then you go and look how people out West build houses. It changes so, so much by the region that you're in. Um, I it's to me when I'm building anything, as far as the envelope, I understood it pretty well. Cause when you're building something, it's like, all right, I've got this two by four, three and a half inches. I got to account for the half inch drywall. I got to account for this. Gotta, and honestly, the, the, built-ins that I made in all my closets really honed that in because I had to be perfect because all those were inset drawers. Yeah. So really it just came along with building a lot of those items in our house that, and then plus being in the industry itself professionally, I, I learned a lot and had to learn it fast. Well, all it is is just basically writing. I mean, I was, when I got started, I wasn't afraid to ask questions. I oh just, yeah. Just you gotta put, be a sponge. Yeah. Put yourself in a situation where the other people that are smarter than you and just ask a question. Can I pick your brain? You seem like you're an HVAC guy, you're a plumber, you're an electrician, whatever. Can I pick your brain? Can I do this? What's the story? And you'll pick it up really quick, right? And I was working with a, a plumber last week. And what I love is I love working with older guys in probably 50s or 60s. And they probably don't get a lot of young guys asking questions. And you can tell when you're asking questions, they start to light up a little bit. And they will take the time to explain it. Yeah. And that's just gold. 
Like it's, it, that is one of my favorite things. I had one of the best mornings I've had in a long time because I was just working with him and it was so fun. And he shared everything he had and he had to know with me on that subject. And that's why I'm so like with Dan, it's the same way. Cause you can read, you can go on podcasts and really I I'm more of a tangible learner. Yeah. So me getting my hands on everything and actually doing it myself and seeing it happen in front of my eyes. I mean, man, it has helped so much. You're hundred percent right on that. And then they love sharing that knowledge because they want to give it to somebody else. And the best part is yep. they'll always end it or even midway through the conversation. They'll be like, here, take my number, text me anytime yep. you got a question, just send me a picture. Yeah. You get stuck. Just send it to me. I'll drop. I'll like, I'll, I'll call you back. I'll talk to you. Right. Then you it's know, been, the guy. and honestly, I think a lot of, cause I'm only 30. Um, I think a lot of people, especially young people get embarrassed to ask questions. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's, it's, uh, like, oh man, I should know this. And then they'll go and try it and they'll get it wrong when you could have just asked a question. And that's the biggest thing I think for every, anyone, honestly, age doesn't even matter. If you don't necessarily know having people around you and resources to ask a question, it's never a stupid question because you yourself, you're in pursuit of what is the right answer. Yeah. That's not a bad, that's a wonderful quest. You don't ask the question to me. That's a disservice to everything that you're doing. So, and if you find somebody who I don't have time to explain it to you, that's all right too. Like I, I've had that happen to me too, because they're in the thick of it, but still that to me, just being the question asker has helped my knowledge grow exponentially. If I, if I wouldn't know probably half of what I do, if I wasn't just probably annoyingly asking questions the entire time we're doing stuff. But they're not annoying questions because you're just trying to better things. And then also those questions are going to lead you down a path of better ideas. Exactly. More, more interesting ideas, things that people may not have already thought of. Right. Have you guys posted your stuff, shared your stuff on Pinterest yet or no? Or uh, like for our house. Yeah, 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 yeah. For your stuff. Uh, I, I haven't really been on Pinterest at all. I've really stayed into Instagram. I know like Megan and I've had this conversation. This sounds terrible, but with Instagram, I literally am already working on something. I just pull my phone out and start filming it. <laughs> I know. And, I know. And that's what's to me, that's been the main driver. I'm like, I don't necessarily want to lose that authenticity. But there are other, there are things that I could be doing more like long form video on YouTube, getting better with that. Um, and that that's actually like for some of our own personal growth, that's the next step for me because partnering up, I partner with Lowe's right now, that's kind of forcing me to take that next step and it's, it needs to happen and it's putting the pressure on me, whereas I probably wouldn't have done it before. Um, so yeah, TikTok, I need to be doing more of YouTube long form. I need to be doing more of, I haven't really put anything on Pinterest. Um, but I just figured maybe Megan would probably post some stuff on Pinterest and then they'd be copying people would be copying those ideas. That's what I just assume. It's a great idea. Honestly, we probably should be doing that. But it's another platform. <laughs> no, it's another platform that you guys got to manage as well too. All right. Now it's not just shooting a quick video while I'm working. I need to actually put time and thought into this and making sure that I'm, that, that I'm doing it right. What are you uh, looking forward to building next in the, in the next week or two? What's happening real soon? Well, right now I am actually making a repair. Uh, so when we did our kitchen, uh, the I did self-leveling on the old concrete slab and yep. where I had my temporary kitchen, like I still had my stove and my fridge set up in the corner. Uh, I didn't have self-leveling go up there. 
And I actually, there's voids in the floor that the LVP were dipping, was dipping a little, little bit and I need to make sure. So I ripped up the floor Tuesday evening this last week and I'm going to actually work on that today. But as far as projects coming up, it's all going to be the interior trim in our main living area. And my goal is, yeah, yeah, it's it's wintertime. I'm going to stay inside. I'd get the trim done, get the inside of the house wrapped up. And then once spring hits, I've got the roof or the pergola. I'm going to rebuild a retaining wall out on our driveway. And then our goal is to get a new blacktop driveway um, put down for us as well. So there's still plenty to there's do still here. still plenty to do before the year's over. The concrete aggregates and construction industry is always evolving. With an ever-changing industry, it's crucial to stay up to date on the latest technology and techniques. Come to the Canadian Concrete Expo to keep your skills sharp and upgrade your knowledge to meet the needs of today's market. The Canadian Concrete Expo offers over 40 conference sessions, certification courses, stage presentations, and live large equipment demos all in one convenient location. February 14th and 15th at the International Centre in Toronto. If you haven't looked it up yet, go to the CanadianConcreteExpo.com and sign up for the newsletter to get special show offers direct to your inbox. Oh, yeah. There's always something to do. If I don't have something, Megan will figure something out like a trivet. <laughs> so, yeah, you can never have enough trivets. But looking back, Josh, when you, if you know what you know today and, and started, had a chance to start it all over again, would you still go down the same path or would you... Oh, your yeah, no, 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 no offense or buts. So how much sweat equity, how much work, how much headache, you know, like none of that. No, I have no, everything has, I am, there's no question. There's no regret. There's no anything. I, there's been times where it's hard and it's been challenging, but honestly, if you're not pushing and you're not challenging yourself, what's the point? <laughs> I, like we're just we're naturally pushers as far as what we're going to do in this house has challenged us in a lot of ways but we've come out of it and we really grinded it out in our 20s and we're hitting 30 now and we're seeing the fruits of some of that start to come and when you have that happen and it kind of reaffirms it it's it's a delayed gratification where you know you're putting the work in and you don't necessarily know what's going to come of it but you have faith that the hard work you're putting in and it just when stuff starts to happen, it affirms that mindset of, look, I don't know what this is going to bring me, but I'm going to keep trucking and keep working and keep going. And that's really just been it for us. I'm guessing that you're getting a lot of kids. I mean, you're a kid in my opinion, cause I'm in my early fifties, but you're, <laughs> you're getting a lot of kids reaching out to you and, and picking your brain about what to get into, or should I get into this industry? Should I try? And I love hearing stories like you, you started your career mindset as a musician and realized that that's not your path. And then you kind of fell into this and now this is your path. And mm-hmm. I mean, we really don't know what our path is just yet, but what would you share with anybody, either young or old? that wants to get into construction? I would say that since mine changed so much, because I'd started out with music and then I went into marketing, there was a time where I thought I was going to be a geology teacher. Like I had literally no idea what I was wanting to do. But the only reason I figured it out is because I never stopped searching for it and pressing. And to me, like the whole master of uh, the jack of all trades is a master of none. I don't believe that at all. I think you need to get your hands as a young person in as many things as possible, even if you're older. I, I don't see myself ever stopping that. And I see my grandma, <laughs> she's been quilting. She was a home ec teacher. She's doing all this stuff and she continues to learn every single day. And that's what makes her happy. And that's what I'm finding myself becoming the most happy with. So for a young person, to me, if you're thinking about construction, the hardest part for me was like, all right, where do I start? 
Like where, where do I even start? And that was for me, it was our house. And I just took it one project at a time. But if you don't have a house that you're doing it, there's still so many things you can get into. You can start building furniture. You can start making it started out. I was making, I couldn't afford to buy presents at the time because I was in college for Megan. So I would go make this jewelry box for her and it was terrible and she loved it. But it was, <laughs> I was, it was just starting out small and just, it really has grown from there. So I just think if you have an, even a, if you're finding yourself on social media or doing something to pass the time and you find yourself looking at a video of something and you're like, just consistently seeing yourself watching, I was like, why am I just watching this? Why, when I could just be trying to do it myself, that to me, that's the goal. That's the key. That's the real answer. There is like when, when they're asked, where do you start or how do you start? You just start like you just start figure it that's out what, with, with Instagram, the amount of people or that have kind of said to me, I was like, nothing you do special. You literally posted a video uh, grinding something down. I'm like, yeah. And you probably do that too, but I posted it. I started it. Like all those Gary Vaynerchuk, just do it, man. <laughs> like just start putting on, nobody likes it. Who cares? But the consistency is what matters. And that seeing that happen has been, that's why we're just tenacious and us keep going. Yeah, the starting point might look very similar to everybody that's watching from the outside, but your starting is going to be it's going to be unique compared to other people that are already out there. I mean, it's going to yeah. be interesting to see what construction Instagram is going to be five years from now. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like someone right now is figuring out new ways of what they want to do, what they want, how you want, how they're going to share it, and how they're going to get it going. So, yeah. like that's who's listening right now. Figure out how that you want to share it. Like, how do you want to tell that story? Exactly. And is Instagram still going to be the app for it? Like I, there's, yeah. there's, you just, and so that continues that search of, Hey, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. I'm mainly on Instagram. I need to grow into YouTube. I need to grow into TikTok. Those are the things I need to be doing because if I want to stay relevant with doing this, you can't just like stop at one portion of it and you say, Oh, here's my place. This is where I'm going to put it. You have to continue finding doing the things that you did in the beginning, you have to continue doing that. You can't just stop in one place in time. And it's like, all right, this is it. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. How do you balance Josh? Like there's always a fine line. I've always said it when it came to my social and I shifted gears to more of this podcast and I want to spend my efforts and my time on the show and building it. It's just, I always wanted to keep my private life as possible, as private as possible. But I do yeah. see a lot of social media influencers out there, especially in construction that are sharing quite a bit of their personal lives, which is totally their, their choice. And that's totally cool. And I don't fault them or anything like that, but do you have a fine line regarding how much is personal, how much is professional and your messaging regarding the content that you're sharing? I'm a naturally pretty lighthearted individual uh, as far as just, so that's what I tried to make everything that I do. I'm not trying to make it super serious because yeah. I want everything to be approachable. And honestly, I, when I first started uh, Mar with carpentry by Mar, I had a conversation with him. He was like, honestly, man, social media is entertainment. People are going to want, want to be entertained or they want to learn something. And I was like, I took that. I was like, nobody wants to know really what, like, I'm not going to go and just talk and spill my beans about stuff about me because that's not, not why people are here. If somebody wants to do that, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think there, there's definitely a time and place for it. But my goal is to try to add value. Like that's like be always adding value to something else. And if something funny happens along the way, or there's a story to be had, I think if the story is mine to tell, then I can do it. But I, as far as anything else from a personal standpoint, people obviously see Megan and I, 
uh, it's hard not to We have a small little house, but she's, we're both involved with it and we both love it. So as outside of that, I don't really share much personal stuff if I don't need to, honestly. No, no, I'm just curious about it because it, it's going to eventually come up at some point and And I usually see it when it comes up around the holidays. People start sharing specific family events that are going on regarding certain seasonal holidays and things like that. And I'm just like, it's a choice. It's a choice. And yep. I just, I always wanted to keep mine private and I left it that way. And I just wanted to do it that way. I, I just share my, I guess, my personal professional opinion about certain things. And that's exactly. It yeah, as simple as that. And that's it for me too. I Because honestly... I don't, safety is a concern, like obviously, then that's one thing where that was the conversation when this started kicking off, like Megan and I saying, like, Hey, let's not really pin down where we are. Exactly. And that's where I was headed. Yeah. And that's why there's no photos of the front of our house. There's no, I don't really do any of that. It's all stuff within it, which could be anywhere. Yeah. Um, but stuff like that, where you just have to be smart, like, cause I could aimlessly be thinking and doing all this stuff. And I see some things that people share that to me, I'm like, man, all right. Like, <laughs> that's cool. That's your prerogative. It's but your page. I, yeah. I, I know. I'm the same way sometimes. Yeah. So, and if I'm in a location, I usually don't share those videos until I'm back (laughs) type of deal just to be, it's just small things like that. And it's a shame that it has to be that way, but you you have to be. Yeah. You just got to be careful in today's day and age. That's all it is as simple as that. Um, I I, I think we're getting close, Josh, to the end there. Is there anything else that you want to share before we get to the 10 questions of construction? Um, at this point, no, man, I, I, I'm just excited. Uh, it's crazy what this path has taken Megan and I too. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say to, to you, thank you. Have have anyone told me three years ago when we started doing all this, where I'm just sharing projects that it would lead to anything like this. No, wouldn't have been able to do it. (laughs) But to your point, you just got to start. And I think, I think that's where people don't do it. And that's the the first thing you do. And it's going to look ugly for a long time. There were an eight month period where I was posting stuff where nobody looked except for my friends and family. And that's when you see people stop. And it, and if you're doing it all for the right reasons, that then it'll come if it's supposed to, but you still do it and you still, and if it means something to you, that's really what matters. So that's what, that's what I've found is, is pr- try to add value. Doesn't mean something to me. Cause if it does, then I feel like it's worth sharing and I can live by that. I've always said, don't do it for the fame right yeah do it because there is some kid out there somebody that's paying attention that's quiet that's nervous about reaching out because they don't feel confident yet but your post that you may think that you're sharing that means nothing might mean a lot to one individual and that was the reason behind my show doing this show here i cared about just one person listening and now it's a different story it's like it grows that's just the bottom line so and like you said to start and then someone is paying attention at first it's your friends and family after that you're going to get complete strangers that are going to be really looking up to you and you'll be surprised a lot of the time on certain posts that you thought nothing of but you shared it and then all of a sudden they hit it just connected it connected with someone or a lot of people and it taught them something really valuable with there could be underlining messages in that post, not necessarily just direct taught about woodworking or something. It could have been something else. It could have been the way you express the word, the way you express yourself. And it just taught that person something about being a yeah. different person. That's all it is. That's all it is. And it's, it's, it's really fun, honestly, because I feel like as I'm doing it, it's almost like being a teacher 
yeah. where if you're a teacher of something, you're learning it better yourself. So that my whole family's teachers. So that's just like a naturally satisfying thing for me to do. Well, Josh, you and Megan and Dan, you guys are killing it. You guys are doing an amazing job. The house, everything that I've seen looks amazing. Everything that we've discussed on this show, anybody that's listening, please, by all means, go to his page. It's Josh Allen underscore builds, and you'll see everything that we talked about, and you'll get it. And I encourage you to zoom in. Because he ain't BSing any of it, right? So it's like, I totally encourage you, zoom in on that picture. And if there is a fault, there was a fault for a reason. It's as simple as that. But it's just, it's very authentic. That's what I like about it. In a day and age of social media filtering, it's very authentic. You know what I'm saying? So I really, a lot of respect for you and for what you guys are doing, the work you're doing. And I love it. I totally love it. I appreciate that, man. It's, uh, that's what, that's what we're trying to do. Just show the good, bad, and the ugly. That's it, because there's all three in every situation. <laughs> there's always a plan B, C, D, E, and F. Man. It's never, planning never works. I love it. Let me, let me do the 10 questions here. Are you ready for this? Sure, let's, let's go for it. What everyday sound brings you joy? There's a, uh, honestly, my wife's voice. It's, it's, it's everything in my life. I love it. Uh, that's just the number one for me. Nice. What's your favorite beverage? Depends on time of day, but I would say coffee. Coffee it, it, all day. I could drink it. It's my comfort. <laughs> it doesn't even do anything for me anymore. It's just it's like drinking hot chocolate. It just tastes good. It's like breathing nowadays. That's all it is. <laughs> we have to do it. We have to consume it. What's your least favorite tool? Uh, uh, when I was talking through this, Megan said, oh, it's a vacuum cleaner. I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What turns you on creatively? Uh, pressure. I pressure. think that because I, yeah, I think when the timelines are tight and you don't know if there's a way out, you got to find a way to do it. And the only way to do that is be creative. So sometimes I'll create artificial pressure on myself just to get me going a little bit. So I, I would say that's probably the best thing for me. What word or concept do you find overused these days? I think for a lot of young people, the, I think it, the YOLO movement, yeah. <laughs> you only once. Yeah. Uh, I think it's okay, but I think it's a really dangerous way to live your life because you can quickly just start seeking immediate things and like buy this next thing you're going to be happy that like what i was talking earlier with delayed gratification i think that's really where the happiness if you go searching for happiness you're not going to find it you find happiness in the day-to-day things and the method to get there that's how you find happiness totally agree what's your favorite curse word (laughs) man is it okay to say it on here? I don't, oh, yeah, it's totally I don't, okay. Totally okay to say okay. it. Uh, the good old Samuel L. Jackson motherfucker. Oh, that's, that's classic. Uh, you can use it as an adjective, yep. a noun, a verb. It's it's a wide range for me. <laughs> what's, your, <laughs> what's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Uh, vehicle, it's funny because I literally just sold my truck yesterday to get an SUV, and they don't really do it for me anymore i thought that it was going to be the big lifted truck that i wanted to do but honestly i'd be more interested in a boat so i would love to do, have a malibu a surf boat someday get out nice. on the water we get out on an old 94 it looks like a vice city boat it's all nice. white turquoise and pink so i would say a, a malibu 23 lsv or 25 would be the best what i would want to dream of i love it uh what do you miss from your childhood i'd say uh playing football i really miss you just don't get that environment as a, as an adult. Uh, and then probably playing music with my friends. I mean, we would, we would leave school, go at 
3 p.m. and go play music till dinner time. So it was just fun stuff like that. Well, you you do get it as an adult playing football. It's just you don't get back up as quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I I tried playing club football at my university, and I'm like, what am I doing? If I take my ACL, I can't go to class. I got to foot the bill. I know. I know. Uh, If you could master a skill outside of your own expertise right now, what would it be? I would say uh, something along the lines of physics. Like I get stuck watching like Neil deGrasse Tyson videos, everything like that about the universe, science. I would, I don't, I'm not smart enough and I have a squirrel brain to be able to just really hone in and do that. But man, to be an expert in physics and science would be awesome. Interesting conversation. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Well, that was a hell of a ride, wasn't it? all man josh absolute (laughs) pleasure having you on the show thank you so much man really appreciate it thank you for having me on it it's a blessing thank you so much uh everyone check him out josh allen josh allen underscore builds on ig and then his email is josh.a.allen513 at gmail.com keep up the amazing work i really appreciate it man thank you so much thanks so much don't go anywhere just yet angelina we are out of here